When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino at chumbacasino.com. Choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. VGW Void were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Hello, folks. It's David here, and I would just like to take a moment to ask you to go and check out our sponsors. NordVPN, internet security, very important. I'm sure it's something that you're concerned about as well. Me, I like to know that I'm the person in control of my data. I live on my phone and the amount of stuff I do on it from banking to documents to private messaging, I need to know is secure. We all know that there are bad people out there who will come in and uh, try and get our details and spend our money for us. NordVPN prevents that, especially if you're using public Wi-Fis or you're using Wi-Fis away from your home. If you use NordVPN, you are safe and protected. It also allows you to take short holidays to places if that's ever required. It's a brilliant product. I use it every day and highly recommend it. And you can get a tremendous offer if you go to nordvpn.com forward slash heart and hand that's nordvpn.com forward slash heart and hand or use the code heart and hand to get up to 70% off your nordvpn plan you'll also get one additional month for free risk free with nord it's 30 day back money uh, 30 day money back guarantee so all you need to do if you don't like it is just say nope and you'll get your money back so go and check them out as i say it's very important you'll get peace of mind Go to nordvpn.com forward slash heart and hand. Hello everyone and welcome to one of our special monthly reviews in which the Avengers of Rangers fan media get together to have a chat about all things Rangers. My name's David Edgar, I'm the host of Heart and Hand, the Rangers podcast, and I'm delighted to be joined by two very good friends of mine. First of all, the internet YouTube titan that is CJ Novo is back. Hello CJ, great to have you back on the air. Hello mate, it's been a wee while of mysteries. I well, feeling is mutual, and I'm sure it's the same for all the listeners. And of course, making up the triumvirate with his cape crusading in the background, it's Stevie Clifford from Four Lads Had a Dream. Hello, mate. Hello, CJ. Hello, everyone. Glad to be here. 
Hello, mate. I heard your superpowers eating toast. Can you confirm? Yeah, I'm still eating toast and having a glass of milk. And I've got a cover over me because we can't afford to put electricity on anymore. So yeah. it's not very superhero-like. But I'm Although the cover that. could be a cape. cover could be a cape, yeah. I was yeah. thinking that as well. Uh, so he, he says it's a cover, but that's exactly yeah. what a superhero try to disguise himself oh, would clever. say. Uh, it's my so, five-year-old's Harry Potter blanket. So, so <laughs> there you go. Then it's just got, it's got magical powers. But Rangers haven't needed wizards this week. Uh, well, managed for once to uh, avoid the the Thursday to Sunday blues as Rangers went up to Dundee and won by three goals to nil in the Scottish Cup. Now we'll look at both the matches and look at where we are going late into the season. Thursday night, it, it's an odd one, CJ, because I, I actually joked last week that I was more worried about uh, about Sunday than I was about Thursday, which is a pretty peculiar thing to do. You know, last 16 of, of uh, Europa League, an elite European competition against a right good team. But we've seen this from this Rangers team, that it plays well on the Thursday. And then because of the emotion and the atmosphere, and we saw that again at Ibrox on, on Thursday when it was absolutely stunning. Frightening, yeah. There's almost a hangover come the Sunday, and some of the performances and results have not been what we needed. So uh, I had the feel that we would be superb against Red Star, and then against Dundee, it would look disjointed and it would look fragmented. And thankfully, I've got to say that those fears weren't realised. If Rangers came roaring out the traps on on Sunday, I. Is it a balanced thing? Is it just a natural high that they're learning about getting better at going, right, okay, let's park that and move on? Or was it simply that we had, as I, I think we all said, an all-timer against Borussia Dortmund, a result that nobody expected, two yeah, yeah, outstanding absolutely. performances that that really I don't even think the most diehard of us really saw coming and that it, it did take a little readjustment in the following games? Yeah, I think it's probably a mixture of both because, I mean, the first one after the Dortmund win, we battered Dundee United for pillory posts. We just could not get over the line in terms of our chances and some other things going away. So the performance wasn't that bad. And then obviously you've got the second half versus Motherwell, which was the real question mark, where I just think they did run out maybe a gas or anything like that and just let the game get away from them. But I, I remember seeing your tweet. I seen it on the, the, the couple of days before and I was laughing. I was like, ah, that's probably true. And then I was so buzzing about Thursday night. I was like strutting about on Friday and then it came back up my timeline and I was absolutely terrified because you were spot on. I was like, oh no, the fear has come back. So you did ruin my weekend. If Sorry. Anything. Uh, they, they, they picked it up. The team's picked it back. Ah, up. thankfully Rangers didn't this time. So that was that was the good point for me. But ah, it's it's an incredible journey we're on so far in European football. You know, I mean, I, I fancy us against anyone, which is mm. terrifying. But then you go into the league, and I'm scared shitless. Honestly, I, I, as soon as the game kicks off, I'm like, oh no, here we go. Even two goals, no man can right. We need three or four. But in Europe, I'm like, bring anyone on. So, ah, it's, it's a weird one because I remember you always saying. In league football, not when you were watching growing up and everything like that, David, it was European football was always gone wrong. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. But in the league, everyone yeah. was gone right. Now it's kind of in this weird stage where it's flipped. So how are you seeing it and how are you enjoying this European journey where we can beat anyone on any given day? It's still for people my age and Stevie's age, and I'm sure for a lot of the listeners, it's still a little bit odd. And I, I don't <laughs> think that I had quite understood how deep the scars of the 90s in particular went with me. The European football 
was something to be feared. And I think that our way of dealing with that was to turn inside. Mm-hmm. Was to turn and say, well, we only care about the, you know, winning the treble anyway. So if we win the league in a cup, who cares about Europe? You know, it doesn't mean anything. And I think there's still an element of that attitude with us. Uh, and I'll see, for example, people saying, you know, well, it's more important that we beat Dundee United than it is that we beat Borussia Dortmund. And it is and it isn't, because obviously we do want to win the league. That's the Absolutely. most important thing. But in terms of the way football has gone in finance, for example, Rangers, if we won five trebles the next few years and went out in the qualifying round of every Europe, we would be in serious trouble to put together a good side financially. And I don't think that anymore that these things do go, uh, or or, sorry, are able to be separated. I think now that, that you wouldn't win the league the next five years in a row if you go at the first stage of Europe every year because you wouldn't have the players. You couldn't, you couldn't afford to do it. Said, yeah, absolutely. And and so it has become more important. But but Stevie, CZ touches on a point. You and I have discussed this, you know, especially after the, the second leg against Dortmund, especially Stevie uh, and I travel uh, to and from the games together. And we've discussed it in the car coming home, highest kites after Dortmund, after Belgrade on Thursday, that for people our age, this ability that this Rangers team, and I think we can call it this Rangers team, even though there's been some changes because it's four years now, is very likely the most consistent European side in my lifetime. Yeah, undoubtedly. I think the last four years, um, started off with Steven Gerrard to where we are now, has has been the most successful period that I've ever seen results-wise, especially taking care of really decent sides like really well and you know, we would have been lucky during our time um, to have watched some some great sides, and I'm not sure a Walter Smith side takes care of Dortmund, for example, during nine in a row. Um, it certainly, you know, other other periods and and that we've seen, time frame wise, growing up, you know, you're not getting close to a Dortmund team of of kind of Bellingham stature and that. So, these results that they're pulling off the now, not only then pulling them off, but even if you don't look at Dortmund, Dortmund's the high, the, the somewhat pinnacle, I think, in the last few years. But even then, if, if you could argue that the likes of Braga, Porto, games like this, are, we are successively taking care of teams that, that perhaps we, we shouldn't or certainly wouldn't have done in our lifetime growing up. So it's a different situation for us, absolutely. But um, Thursday, night, Thursday night was a strange one because you went into that game feeling um, quite confident. I was quite confident. Not really sure of what we were going to get from Belgrade, but you seen instantly that they were a good side, certainly kept the ball and moved it around well. But Rangers, we were very... How do, how do I put this without playing down what we'd done? But we were very um, calculated in what we did. You know, when we went forward, we managed yeah. to do it and we'd done it well. And... There was minimal fuss. It's not like we we battered them. It's not like we really pressured them. We just were very ruthless and very very um, on point to to get the job done. And and it was very unlike what we've seen, David. And I know I've went a roundabout way of trying to explain that. But we've when we grew up, you know, watching those European teams, and it gets right back to your point. It it was always a struggle. It was always. Um, extremely difficult to watch, and it was we would always find the toughest way. On Thursday night, Rangers were very ruthless. They were very professional. They done a very good job, and and yeah, they carried luck at a few moments in terms of. I'm not talking about the offsides because offsides offside. That's not lucky. 
I'm talking about the ones that maybe hit the bar or the ones that skated around the box just after the penalty and, and 85 minutes. So, yeah, we, we had a wee bit of, of luck on our side, but at the same time, we could have scored more goals as well. And that's, you know, we're in, we're in our last 16 tie and, and there's a part of you coming away saying that oh, a goal sent tucks that way, it could have been four. So, could have um, been four nil up in the first leg. Eh? Oh, yeah, oh yeah. I mean, that, that's that's the point. Like, there's we went full swing, and and this isn't a one season wonder. It's not a one result wonder either. You know, Rangers are turning into a very good European side, a very cultured side. And and you boys have said, you know, what's the difference between Scotland and what's the difference between Thursday? For me, the difference is guys like um, Kent and Morelos aren't man marked out of games they aren't you know cons- consistently kicked and stuff like that and they really seem to thrive especially Ryan Kent I think you see a massive difference in yeah. him he gets freedom to play and stuff like that and these guys are, are, are a constant menace they they will hurt any teams that are left in that competition so roll on Thursday for me um, big credit to Giovanni in terms of his management which I'm really pleased about because they're still and we had spoke quite honestly and said there was quite question marks over him and stuff like that, which there is. But the way he managed that game on Thursday night, in-game changes, changes to corners, um, changes to personnel, flexibility and tactics and things like that, I thought was tremendous. And then that brings us on nicely to yesterday. And more credit again to Gio, but we'll come to that, um, I'm sure. But overall, you know, driving home Thursday, we, we were delighted. And I hope there's more to come because... It's getting right to the tickly bit now, and I, I didn't think we had any chance, but, you know, you get, you get by on Thursday night and you're in the quarterfinals, and I don't think there's many teams in there who say, aye, give us Rangers. The thing is about a quarterfinals uh, of a European major European trophy is we're not supposed to get there, right? The the system is set up, not just us, not just Scottish sides, but the, the system is set up to avoid having teams from small leagues reach that stage. It, you're not supposed to do it, right? They don't really want you there. They want teams from the top five leagues. They make it fairly clear, whereas, you know, we need to win a league to get a go. Uh, teams in England need to finish you know, 17th and they'll find a way into Europe. It, 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 they're very open, UEFA, about how they want to structure their competitions. Um, and that's why they've invented something like the Conference League. It's a sort of like, there you go, you can all go and mess about in that and leave right. the big ones free. So it would be a remarkable achievement and obviously financially would be hugely beneficial to, to the club. Um, but it doesn't take away from the domestic, uh, you know, much as, as we've said, that the importance of European football is there for all to see. We do have to, um, you know, win the league. That that's the basic requirement at Rangers, and there has been a sense, CJ, of of almost going out of our way to avoid doing it because it's been, oh, yeah. you know, Rangers have only lost two matches all season, right? So good, but it's been stupid draws. It's been yeah. not getting over the line in matches that we absolutely should have got over the line, and I think we could both, uh, or the three of us rather, could pick out probably about eight points this year that we should have that we don't. Now, at least that's the scary part yeah, yeah that, that's the thing Rangers could, could be away up and over the hill at the moment and they're not for whatever reason and I think that when we look back on this season there will be this sense regardless of how it, it turns out because this could turn into an incredible season where we're yep. sitting right now semi-finals of the Scottish Cup uh, one foot in the quarterfinals of the Europa League three points back with uh, plenty of games to play in the league this could be an amazing season but I think that there will still be a sense that for large parts of it the team have almost played like a side who were hung over from last year and there is no doubt that come the summer there's going to be big changes at Rangers it's very much coming one way or another to the end of a particular era 
Yeah, absolutely. And I think it's it's badly needed. Like you said, I'm I'm not looking down and uh, like weary of that about the season saying, Oh, it's not gonna I still fancy us to win the league, I still fancy us to win a cup and hopefully we go really far in the Europa League because we're playing like it. But this is the season where I think we've realised like it's no like fit with manager or FIFA and like when players start to achieve certain things, the day eventually need to be moved on, the freshness needs to be added in because some of the games, like you've mentioned there, some of the league games you've looked through and you just went, we are basically going through the motions here. We're no attacking it the right way or anything like that. It was almost like it's becoming too familiar. And that's been the, the issue with me when I've been watching some of these draws and some of these games that were threw away. It's just we've not had the appetite that we had last year, in my opinion. And again, we're still in a good position in that the new, but I think that's why you need to inject the freshness just to keep it going and going and going. Because right now, I think we're staying at the same level. And hopefully it's going to be enough to get us out of line. And again, I, I do think we will, but... Going into next season, there will be some rotating and bringing in other people, in my opinion, because that's badly, badly what we need. Yeah, I think there are, there are guys who've been good servants to us, but Absolutely. who yeah. are coming to the end of their their time at Rangers. And I think you can always sense that, firstly, even before it, it translates onto the part. But and hopefully they can all go as, as winners. Yeah, see the, the players in that as well. You've got to think Scottish football must be such a grind to play for. See, when you play for like a Rangers, because you go out there and you play against teams that aren't there to play football or anything like that. You get the wee abbreviation and everything during um, Europa, you, yeah, Europe, sorry, and you get to play teams that actually want to play football. And that's when Kent and that comes alive. But then you've got same teams all the time playing the exact same way, the awful way. It must be a real mentality grind, especially when you've got to win every game. And some of these players, like we mentioned, has been in this grind now three, four years, got us to the mountaintop. So they've done more than enough and served the club. But I do think there does need to be some tweaks and changes regarding personnel going into next year, eh? just freshen up and get their minds back at it. Yeah, I would agree with that. And Stevie, uh, going up to Dundee, our cup record the last few years is, is awful. We uh, didn't get past the quarterfinals under Steven Gerrard three three years and, and if you want to know the difference between expectations between um, Rangers and other clubs when he took his Aston Villa side to Manchester United in the early round of the cup this year the commentator said you know Steven Gerrard had a good record in the cup at Rangers he was in the quarterfinals three years in a row and I was like that's a dreadful record that Rangers make sorry um, but it's it's you know this is just the difference between us and, and other clubs and other leagues but um, it had been poor and painful defeats uh, for those of you who might have forgotten or at least tried to to forget uh, the, the role of shame for the last few years was Aberdeen Hearts and St Johnston all ties I think that we you know two of them were at uh, were at Ibrox for goodness sake and Rangers just seemed to find a way to, especially last season, to get knocked out of the Cups. We went up to Dundee. Now, first things first, Stevie, Dundee had a very poor side. If they're not relegated this year, I think it will be through more luck than judgment, to be quite honest with you. So I'm not going to turn around and try to say to everybody that this was us up against a really good side. They're clearly low in confidence. But what Rangers did was... Uh, not allow any air into their fire to to get confidence. We just took the game right from the scruff of the net yesterday. One of the things I want to pick out is Glenn Kamara, who in the last two matches has been used in quite an unusual role and not one I'm necessarily sure I could see him playing, whereas he's, he's almost at times played as a second striker and has definitely been the furthest forward of the midfield. What's your thoughts on A, how he did in those two matches, and B, you know, what the, the thinking is behind that? Well, first of all, I, I thought that Giovanni, and it's always easy to say it now, I thought that his team selection yesterday was bang on. 
and the freshness that he brought into the squad really worked well. Alanda at the back, good minutes for him. James Sands um, next to Ryan Jack was 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 excellent. Really, really good performance. Aaron Ramsey, 78, glorious minutes from him. Uh, I think we're all just really excited to see him. I know I certainly was. Maybe could have nicked a goal, played really well. And then the kind of freshness up front, especially with bringing the boys on at half time. Dare I say it, I thought Kamar Roof looked really sharp. Fashion was was his usual positive self, get, get, grabs himself a goal. And then we've got the wee cameos. You know, I think Alex Lowry is going to be a right special wee player. So um, to see him get more minutes, I'd actually like to see him get more minutes um, at, at times as well. But, you know, you go up there after a big European game on Thursday and, and to be able to freshen that and do that with the side but still keep the nucleus in there is a really positive thing. Glenn Kamara's an interesting one, Dave. We spoke about this on Thursday night pre-hand and we almost convinced Adam that him playing forward might actually be a good thing. So... If we're managing to do that, then I think we're on to something there. But on on him going forward on Thursday night, it was interesting because I don't think that um, they really, Red Star really knew what to do with him because a lot of teams would be looking at Glenn Kamara and seeing him as a defensive midfielder, which, which he is. Or he certainly has been. I know for Finland he plays further forward and, and people are now getting confused because do we pick this guy up, do we not? Um, and I think it's causing people problems. And what he's very good at is overloading. And he was very good on, on Thursday night at overloading, where that means that Bassey and Kent, and he's over there, Joe Rebo floating around as well. All of a sudden, you've got four out there causing that. And it creates a lot of space. So, again, his run was kind of pivotal where Kent needed to be to win the penalty. So these wee things often go unnoticed. I don't mind it. I mean, I know that Glenn Kamara's not going to fire one in from 30 yards. He's not that type of player. Yeah. But in terms of of a freshness, David, and, and kind of mixing things up in, in the team, I would much rather have Kamara further forward than need to have him in beside Ryan Jack or James Sands, which I don't think works. And I also think this might be a byproduct of the old firm game and Giovanni learning yep. in terms of Kamara was in the engine room for the old firm game, it didn't work. So, you know, I think that he's consequently spent a wee bit of time out of that side because of that as well, David. So he should be fresh. And I think the Geo's basically said, well, we've got better options of guys that are defensive midfielders. And I feel that you're maybe a wee bit more technical and a wee bit more skillful than these boys, which I think he is. So let's put him forward and, and see what he can do. Now, again, we know he's not the guy to smack one in from 30 yards, but he's... He's such an intelligent player that runs and and passing, um, you know, he's he's able to influence it. And he scored at St Johnston, made the goal for Aberdeen. So can't say that it's not working and it hasn't been a good move for Gio. Yeah, that's no. spot on, mate. Ever since we've moved him into that role, we've won every game we've played. <laughs> so it's actually weirdly working out exactly what you talked about there. I think he, he had an interesting role, slightly different role against uh, Red Star, where we used them as an almost what uh, uh, one of our tactical friends told us was a disrupting role, which is even though he's playing further forward, he got on their low-line midfielder who they, they build play through. Yep. And as, as Stevie said, they didn't have a clue what to do because he wasn't supposed to be there. It was, <laughs> you know, you, you, you know, and he, the, the guy was supposed to have space and time there to start stuff and he, he, and he didn't. Whereas he was much more involved in just, just clever little give and goes. Um, getting it out to the to the fullbacks, and that 
brings me on then, CJ, to the, the fullbacks. Now, in recent weeks, we've seen Calvin Bassey, I think, absolutely cement oh the the left-back spot. I, I personally, at this point, as we're recording, don't think it's up for debate at the moment. No. Oh, I, I think that Barisic's form on its own, incidentally, hasn't been good enough to warrant getting in the side. Added to the fact that Bassey's form has been far too good for him to be out the side. And on the other wing, James Tavernier, I, I think with Tav, you know, he's always a good level. But he goes through these periods and they last a while, which is one of the good things about it. They generally last a few months where he looks as though he just loves playing football and he's almost unplayable where he's just constantly getting forward. He's constantly getting involved. He scores goals. He creates goals and he seems to have timed this purple patch really, really well. And I do think a part of that is when Ryan Jack's in the team because maybe it's just a subconscious thing, a trust thing. I think when Ryan Jack's in the team, Tav goes, I can go up there with freedom. I don't need to have in the back of my mind what if I give the ball away because he's there and he'll sort that. And he maybe just doesn't have that faith with other players. No, absolutely, mate. And it's, I like that you mentioned both fullbacks and then Jacko there because I think he's such an important piece of the team. And I'm not just saying that as a wee fanboy or anything like that. I think you've seen the improvements in the Rangers team. It just looks more balanced. And I think whoever he's partnered with in midfield also gets elevated up in that as well. I mean, the resurgence, uh, John Lundstrom especially, he's been absolutely fantastic. And we saw yesterday with Sands and there just seems to be a, a trust when Ryan Jack's in the team and it just makes everything tick but going back to Calvin Bassett it's absolutely frightening the level he's playing it and again I'm I'm a full agreement with you it has to be Bassett over Barisic right now I thought Barisic with our previous system with how Gerard liked house to be so advanced going forward really suited Barisic to a T getting be able to get forward whipping crosses but now we're much more defensively like we have to go back and forward and they've got a wee bit more defending today I think Calvin Bassett ticks every single box and this is a 22-year-old lad that's just getting better every single game because it's not as if we're losing out in creativity. How many goals has he actually created? Doing for the left-hand side, so he's absolutely frightening. And if you look at his stats, this is pretty much his first professional season in terms of being a starter in his career. Can you imagine when he gets a few seasons mm. under his belt? That's yeah, terrifying to think about. He's yeah. one of these guys that you look at and you think, you know, there's not an awful lot of weaknesses in his Genuine. game. Yeah. Um, heading probably is the main one. Yeah, well, to uh, be fair, I, you, yeah. you, you, that, that's a good one. That's, no, I mean, it, yeah. it is, but he's it's, Achilles heel. <laughs> it's not as crucial in the area he plays right. if he's at fullback. And I think that actually the spell at centre half helped with that because he had to, he had to do it a lot more. Well, didn't always do it perfectly, but I think in terms of things like positional sense, discipline, and whatnot, all of that learning curve of playing in there. Uh, even though I don't think it's his strongest position, I don't think anyone does. Uh, I think it's been huge for him because he's taken the lessons he's learned there. Uh, there's something really good about a coachable kid, you know, about somebody who comes into the team and has weaknesses and has and works on them and gets better and visually gets better with them. I think there's something just hugely encouraging about a kid who does that and you just take to him and I think he's, he's such a likeable big guy anyway. I mean, he's a really kind, really quiet, nice young yeah. man. He really is. Um, but then he goes on to a football park and he doesn't play in a 
an aggressive sense as in you know tackling or whatever but he plays in an aggressive sense as in he's constant and it's just you know give me the ball get out my way um when calvin bassey's playing at his best it doesn't matter that there's another guy in the wing he doesn't notice him because he's just going to that byline and every single time <laughs> that's that and that is also something that that barisic that barisic of course a tremendous crosser of a ball but yeah he's um bassey gets to the byline he's got that turn of pace he's got that strength and he gets in, and that that will always, in any level of football, cause damage if somebody's getting there and cutting the ball back. Defenders hate that. And on the other wing, I think that we are being very, very much helped out um, by Tab. So things are, are you know, be, you know, looking good on the football field. We we we've never doubted ability, Stevie. We've doubted consistency, and the last couple of weeks has began to look more like a team that is a finding its form. You mentioned there, I think a really good point you know Ruth comes on yesterday and looks really sharp oh, he looks um, brilliant yeah he did he came on he looked really good Alfie's been playing your know, top stuff Kent's been playing well midfield Jack really composed best game for Sands yesterday and you look around the team and you think maybe we're just getting guys who are beginning to find their top form yeah and it and it's come right at, at a point where we could really need it you know there's there's three Trophy's still up for grabs. Whether you believe we're going to win them or not is a, a different conversation, but we're certainly still in it. And it's really important that we have a, a big squad that we can be flexible and, and rotate. And secondly, that when we do it, these guys look like they're, they're capable. So a lot has been said about the squad, um, a lot of accusations, a lot of criticism at times. Um, it's yeah, all from us. Warned. Yeah, and it's all <laughs> and, all three of us. Yeah, and uh, I, th- I think that's been fine. You know, that's what we're here for. But if guys like Aaron Ramsey make a significant um, kind of contribution in in the next two months, especially when April looks like it's going to be jam packed with huge matches, then it, it, it's right on time and it's what needed. You know, if James Sands looks like he can deputise in there for like Salunstrom or you know, the other side of, of Jack or whatever, then it's it's perfectly timed. So there is players, like you mentioned, like Sir Calvin Bassey and Tavernier. Again, credit to Gio, because when he first came in, fullbacks weren't allowed to, to you know, leave the line of the two centre-halves, more or less. But he's found a way and he's adapted with Jack and with the other defensive midfielder, Lundstrom, or like yesterday with Sands, that, that how we, that's how we release the fullbacks and they're getting high again. So... Credit to Gio again. He, he's learning. He's adapting. He's he's he's, you know, he's he's tinkering and figuring stuff out. But he, it's already you know we're all very fickle. I'm very fickle in terms of if we're winning, everything's brilliant. And it's not meaning to say that. But what what I do say about Gio is um, for me that he, he is doing these wee things and he is adapting, which is a good thing. So yeah, credit to the players and 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 credit, like you say, you know, if if we're hitting that form at the right time, then brilliant. Absolutely great. Guys yeah. like to have and, and Bassey and that, you, you're right to highlight. I think Goldson's been a lot better as well. He's been very steady. For me, Ryan Jack does make massive difference. I agree with yeah. CJ. As a footballer, um, his intelligence to know where we are, the way he moves the ball, the way he picks a pass, and just the fact that if he's covering that one side, Tav has got the freedom to go. And then if it's Sandra Lundstrom covering the other, it's not like it was before with John Lundstrom trying to do it all himself and getting caught out or getting outpaced and stuff like that because positionally he's not able to be there if he's covering that whole defensive midfield bit by himself, which is the way we played 
before with him just in there, which is why he might not have been up to speed. So there's all little different factors about where we are. Players are settling in, players are certainly hitting form. And and yeah, I mean, it's bang on, right on a bit where we need it. We're still in it. Three big trophies to go for, and we're still in every single one. So now's the time to motor on, and I've been impressed with what I've seen in the last few games for sure. Yeah, it definitely has uh, seen an uptick and, and long may it continue because if they, they do time this for a good two-month spell, then, as I say, this could end up being an absolutely epic season. That it's be been nice. That would be <laughs> lovely. Um, it's yeah. been done against a backdrop of, of uh, a lot of uh, ructions in the background, and I'm going to speak to you both and, and ask your opinion on a couple of linked issues. First of all, uh, the the thing that really prompted the the second was the announcement that Rangers will travel to Australia to take part in a friendly tournament, uh, which will include a match against Celtic. Now Celtic leaked this early this information to, as we know, to to try and deflect from their own ongoing legal issues with the Celtic Boys Club trial. Um, so that you know certainly left a, a sour taste immediately. And then the the Rangers support, I have to say collectively, because although there's been you know sporadic Rangers fans saying, well, if we're getting two or three million quid for it, whatever it is, then that's fine. I understand we have to do it, but it's it's been almost universal. And I know that there's sometimes a tendency to say, well, it's it's just the UBs or it's just the hardcore. It it really isn't because no, 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 people yeah. who uh, people who subscribe to my site, people who watch CJ, people who read Stevie, they're telling us the same thing. They do not want this friendly. They do not want associated with Celtic. They don't want to go to Australia uh, where Celtic have an Australian manager and, and be a bit part player in this this tournament. And the the result has been, I would say, easily 95% negative towards us. Yeah. And it isn't going away. It's still an uh, an issue. You see it on social media, and you know that it will be used any time that Rangers don't play well or there's something that makes fans unhappy. It's become, I think, very much a lightning rod for other areas of unhappiness, such as the the, the lack of a physical ticket office, the the lack of ease of use of the club website, which is. Uh, a Byzantine nightmare of a thing. On Saturday, I tried to buy my nephew a uh, uh, junior Jers, my Jers membership for his birthday. Now I can work websites. Right? I'm not a luddite. I I buy, I used to build websites for a living. I know how they work. That thing is a murder mystery puzzle when you don't when you don't have all the clues. And yeah. it, too many people. And as I say, this is not due to, to people being technologically impaired. Too many people spend time on the Rangers website trying to buy something, trying to give the club money and end up throwing their phone out the window. Yeah. Uh, to, to give you a very basic thing, it, it's not optimised for mobile use, which in this day and age, it's madness. it has to be because the vast majority of browsing, I mean, hugely, is done on mobile phones. Anyone who, who has an internet business or who's working on the internet will tell you that, and they'll know that. So it's just little things like that. But that immediately annoys fans. It gets their backs up because of the difficulty involved in it and the fact that it doesn't seem to change. The fact that it is almost impossible to get a hold of someone to chat to, which is a, a an absolute no-no for me. I mean, I've changed you know, gas suppliers or I've changed uh, uh, mo- uh, 
web providers because our customer service isn't good enough. Now, folks can't do that with Rangers. It's not that we can go, right, well, fine, I'll go and watch Partick Thistle. It, <laughs> it's, not, it's not the usual thing where you can just go, right, fine, I'll take my business elsewhere. But it does leave a sour taste, and that means that fans are therefore angrier when it comes to other areas. Uh, this is something Stevie wrote very eloquently about last week in his in his last column. Yeah, it was brilliant, um, yeah. And what we've seen, Stevie, is, as you put it, a lot of little things are becoming big things because the fans feel that they're not being listened to, despite occasionally being told, oh, we, we listen to you. We don't see evidence of that. And that's what's causing this. Now, cards on the table. I, you know, I, I back this board overall. I think that there are Rangers men involved. Uh, I don't need to look too far to see what it's like when you've got people who are evil running your club. For example, this Australia friendly. I don't think that they're doing it to get three million into their back pocket so they can take it out of the club. They're doing it to raise revenues for the club to be successful. So their, their heart's in the right place. And, and I've always maintained that. But that doesn't mean that every decision's a good one. And, it, and you are allowed to criticise it. And I suppose in some ways it just makes me sad that guys that are decent guys, who do have the best interest at the club, are making, a bit like the team with the draws, making some silly mistakes that are causing a chasm to open up that doesn't need to be there. Yeah. Um, uh, what, have, what have we not said about Australia? Um, and I think that's the most disappointing thing that we're now a couple of weeks after and, and we're still not... We've really not clear. said it's a good idea and we're not going to. Yes, ever. Well, <laughs> that's very true, but even the dejection in my voice as we're, as we're here talking about it again, you know, we're now a couple of weeks after the announcement, we've still not heard from Stuart Robertson as managing director. I think that's really disappointing. I completely understand where the club are. I think we all are. We're all adults. I think we all understand that £3 million etc is is very good for business and stuff like that and i get it i completely understand it what i don't understand is that a willingness to go into bed with a club that have continuously went out their way to try and embarrass you in the last 10 years won't use your name won't use your badge just last week or the week before it was announced we're happy to humiliate and slap stuart robertson down and in public regarding the ticket thing um, we're not half of anything, but you're very willing to be half of something if there's money to be made. So these little things, even beyond when you don't look at why they announced it when they do, they did and, and the other things that they are happy to use Rangers for, Rangers fans, you know, what's went on in the last 10 years is, has, has soured a lot of our opinions in, in terms of what we've seen and, and how other teams have behaved towards us. And whilst we don't have short memories, it seems that the boardroom have. Three million pounds is a lot of money. I get it. I completely do. But this is a really poor decision. And not only to... I I get why they've done it in terms of money, etc. But not to speak to us first and use the mechanisms available to them, I think is really poor. And secondly, not to listen to us in the aftermath of it and try and just ignore it like it's some sort of problem that will go away, I think it's a really bad strategy as well. And it's only making it worse as well. And it is making it worse because what's happened is these little problems would have stayed little problems and still you would have got people mumping and moaning and highlighting them. I get that completely. But when big issues are ignored, little ones all start to get tallied up and added up 
And before you know it, people just go and, well, why should we bother doing anything they're asking us? Because they're not listening to us. Yep. And that's what you're now seeing in the stands on a match day. And there's no right and wrong to this in terms of, like, the boardroom say, well, or the point, rather, I'm trying to make, I don't know if I phrased that properly, is that there's no point in saying, oh, well, the board have screwed us, so we're just going to screw them back by doing things that is going to hurt the team. That's not going to work. It's not going to fly here. But the longer the board leave this unactioned and pretend that it's just going to go away, or not only the board, the managing director and the people at the top of the club, let's put it that way, because I'm reluctant to blame Douglas Park and the board for everything. There's managing directors, there's executives there that need to be doing their job. And as far as I can see, there's silence. They aren't doing their job. So... It needs to be addressed. It cannot c continue, David, to be a situation where we'll just pretend it's not happening. It's only a little chasm of the support. They'll get over it. It's not. Every time Rangers post something on social media, yes, it's, it's an avalanche of comments. Every game now, an avalanche of singing, get this friendly out. There's signs. There's 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 stuff on, on a match day every day. This isn't going to go away. It's only possibly going to get worse. Even if we are successful in the coming weeks, the more successful we are, the louder the fans will be. If we're not successful, the louder the fans will be. So this stagnation of just pretending it's not happening isn't going to wash. You either need to come out, front it up, say we've made a, a mistake here, or own it. Either way, you have to talk to the fans because this plateau is not helping anyone. And I don't disagree with those that say the fans aren't helping, but I can absolutely see the point of fans saying, well, if they're not listening to us, why should we not listen to them? And that's where I'm trying to say that there's no there's no rights in this in, in terms of we all need to collectively look at it, but when you've got leadership not leading, it causes issue. Well, on that, CJ, we've seen the return, heard rather, the return of uh, some songs that I think we all thought had been left in the past. And it does go back to Stevie's point of where they feel they're not being listened to. And when that happens, people rebel and yeah. they say uh, that they'll do things to, to get them to the table. And, and that's what's been happening. And uh, there's a lot of talk about the, some of the songs sung at Dundee. And Sorry. I think that you can get into a, a, a kind of side issue, which is the, the rights and the wrongs of the songs. Firstly, the reason people are singing these songs is expressly because they know they're not supposed to. That's why they're doing it. They are trying to annoy the board. So when you say that, oh, you know, that this stuff is going to get us in trouble, that's that's the aim of it. It's yeah. it's trying to be difficult because they see that as as a way to get a board who otherwise have been quite silent when it comes to an issue they want discussed, that they're going to do this to try and bring them to the table. Now, I don't think that is going to work because no, I think I it's think so, yeah. it's counterproductive. I think that one, the, the issue becomes the songs and not the friendly and the other issues that Stevie touched upon. Uh, and two, it's divisive people that you need to bring along with you in any campaign, such as you know other supporters. A lot of them will go, "Nah, I'm not getting involved because of because of that." But equally, as Stevie says, I do understand that that thing. It, it, it's kind of like when people riot in their own area of the city, 
Um, you know, when yeah, there's that's a good way to put it, actually, when, yeah. when there's problems yeah. and you'll always get commentators who live out with it saying, Well, why are they doing that? It's where they live, they'll need to live there in that mess. And it's it's just anger. It's just unfocused anger that's got to go somewhere. Um so I think that there's a naivety of people because I think that if they think that folk are singing these songs just because they're, they're wrong. The, the reason that certain songs are being chosen is to get a reaction. Now, I don't think it's a reaction that will work. I think it's counterproductive to the protest. Um, but the idea that it will just suddenly stop if people say, don't sing those songs. And, you know, someone said on social media last night, the board have to act on this. What makes you think that the board telling people not to sing songs that they're singing precisely to annoy that board is yeah. going to get them to stop. It's not. And this is the issue that we've got here. Someone said to me, what can be done about this? And I said, I don't know. I, I, I genuinely don't because if, if anyone's got a solution, that's that's superb. That'd be nice. <laughs> I, I, I'd love one um, because I don't see a simple solution to this. I think Australia has opened up um uh, it's, it's a Pandora's box thing. Once you've opened it, 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 it's not it's not easy to get the toothpaste back into the tube. And mm-hmm. this is what we're seeing now. And the worry, of course, is this will get us in trouble. And this will give people who, who, who hate us opportunities to get stuck into us. And it will. But if someone has an easy solution, because the idea that me or you or Stuart Robertson or other supporters or anyone telling people not to do it will stop them doing it, I think is wishful thinking. Absolutely. And I think the Pandora's box thing you said there is absolutely perfect because that was the source this uh, Aussie friendly. And I don't even think I've mentioned it on the, the channel. Obviously, I was quite vocal online and stuff like that. People knew my opinion on it. I just think it's absolutely silly, if I'm honest. Incredibly short-sighted to agree to be part of a sideshow of a celebration for a Celtic manager that's baffling to me I just didn't get it at all putting everything else to one side just that fact there is madness hello do you want some free beer of course you do and you can have a free case of craft beer from beer 52 that's eight delicious craft beers from some of the best breweries on the planet and all you need to do to do this is go to www.beer52.com forward slash heart and cover 5.95 for postage that's all and you can get a free case of beer Every month, Beer 52 send a new case with a different theme, and it's usually from a different part of the world. Uh, Members have now tasted beer from 40 different countries spanning five continents, so it's a worldwide thing. You can also get a magazine that will delve into the theme beer and producers, as well as a couple of tasty snacks to soak up the booze as it goes down. These are premium foreign ales, and you can choose a case of light beer only, if that's what you're into, or a mixture of light and dark. There's no minimum commitment, and you can pause or cancel at any time, so it is is literally free beer don't forget that's www.beer52.com forward slash heart that's beer52.com forward slash heart to claim your free case now good luck folks hope you enjoy it to me but like you're saying there it's almost like a vicious circle now because there's new that much things and people are acting out in all so many different ways to try and get a reaction the actual thing's almost getting lost in the circle, if that makes sense. You know what I mean? There's so much now happening that the main problem and the main thing that's annoying and winding up the Rangers' support is almost being pushed to the side because all that's going to get made now is the media's going to go after this because of this or this because of that. And the actual problem is the Aussie-friendly. But I think um, if it was easily fixed, I think, the, <laughs> I think we would have done it after the first day because, like you said, I've never, ever seen a reaction like that you know what I mean we've heard bad things we've seen 
managers sacked. We've seen terrible performances in cup games. We've been obviously lost heavily versus Celtic and that over the last couple of years. And that's brought supporters and everything to voice their opinion. But I've never seen anything that gets the entire Rangers fan base on the exact same side and saying, no, we didn't want this. But as you and Stevie said, kind of perfectly gone into detail, that there's no easy fix for this right now. But Sahan does eventually need to get done because they can't just keep being silent on this issue because it will only get worse, in my opinion. It'll just keep getting bigger because this is a point now, it's business time of the season. We're in all these cup competitions as we've already talked. We're starting to pick up wins. We should all be going in one direction and having our focus on that. But because of silence for the board, crazy decisions, and I get that it's for money and everything like that, and understandable, and I get it for that aspect, but it's just no the right decision to make, in my opinion, especially with everything Stevie's actually talking. Me and Stevie actually had a long conversation when the day actually came out with how they treat us, yet we are agreeing to go into bed with them to go over to Australia to celebrate their manager and make some money, and that's very, very infuriating, but like you said, it's an absolute mess at a time of the season when we didn't need any mess, you know what I mean? This is it. We need to all be together, but because the decision's been made, we're not. So, aye, something needs to be done, but it's, it's, it's a decision that's going to need to be made by people a little higher up than us. We're just fans, you know what I mean? We, we unfortunately didn't get to say, despite all the comments and tweets that we get to change or day something, we can't really do anything, can we, David? <laughs> No, this you know people. You know, why haven't you fixed it yet? Basically, David, you have this, and you know, well, why haven't you come out and say I've spoke about it a hundred times? Same, you know that's what like I mean? Me, but yeah. that, exactly, and it's like, yeah, sure, I'll say it again um, if it'll make you feel better. But that's kind of where I am on it. This whole yeah, if it'll make you feel better, great, we'll do it. But <laughs> there isn't an easy solution that I can see. Maybe other people do. Um, one of the problems is that you've you know songs have been about for years. <laughs> they've been about for years. So that kind of shows you that this is not a subject that has an easy fix or an easy solution. And anyone who thinks it does, just do this and that'll be it, is wrong. Um, so... You know, I, don't, I would say, sorry, I don't think that there is an easy solution. I also don't think sticking your head in the sand and pretending it's not there is oh, a solution to it either. So there, there's a compromise in, in there somewhere in terms of what how we're leading this and everybody knows that instead of being silent if the club were more up front and come forward a wee bit more and and speak to us like adults then perhaps you wouldn't get this response it might not solve everything david and it might not be the answer but part of leadership is 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 leading and i don't think we're doing that pretending it's not happening is it working and that will continue to be an issue going forward. So, like I say, if anyone has a solution, brilliant, let me know oh, it. But yes, uh, <laughs> I'm struggling to, to to quite see what it is. And certainly my, my considered opinion is it will get worse before it gets better. Right, moving on then, folks. We've got uh, a rather big match on Thursday night. And it's all there for us. But Stevie, how do you approach this? Because 3-0 is a great position. But do you get caught between two stools? Do you sit back and try to defend? Do you go and try to get another one? Do you get caught between the two and end up kind of not doing either? What What's the tactic? I think we're perfectly set up actually with with what Gio's been doing lately to go and approach this game and this game's a really good um, kind of dress rehearsal of games that might be coming up in terms of tough places that we need to go. Morelos and Kent are, are tailor-made 
to go and hit on the counter-attack. When they play centrally together, they, they absolutely tore Dortmund apart. Now, this team were in a rather sticky situation, 2-1 down to Dortmund, and I always point this out to people. Gio fixed it and changed it, and instead of sitting back and not knowing what to do, we went and got the equaliser and arguably should have got a third. So I don't think that's an issue for us in terms of, of what we need to do. What we would have done on Thursday night, regardless, is went there, been compact, and look to spring them. And I don't see how that's any different on Thursday night, whether it's 3-0 down or, or uh, sorry, 3-0 up or, or 1-0 up. So I'd expect Rangers to go and play that way. I don't necessarily think we're, we're stuck between between anything. It, it would be a disaster to go and sit and put Ted at the back and, and you know, play for play for 0-0. But I don't ever see us doing that anyway. I think that we'll be compact. I think you'll see a quite solid midfield. But I'll also think you'll see a team that, that's built and set up like they were in Dortmund to spring and, and attack well. So, no, I mean, I, I'm not phased as such by the situation we're in um, in, in terms of not knowing what we're going to do. I'm, I'm very comfortable and I'm very behind Giovanni in terms of tactical kind of awareness in, in European football because he's, he's proven it and... The way we, we handled Dortmund, the way he handled Thursday night was, was very good. So I don't see why uh, we should be concerned to an extent of what he's going to do on Thursday and how he's going to set us up. So I get there's more a, a perhaps a mentality question from the players, but in terms of, you know, we should be going over there thinking that, that one goal would, would more or less kill this tie. So let's keep compact. Let's, let's spring them on the break when we can. And we've got the perfect players to do it. Kent, as I said, um, Morelos as a two up front works really well in Europe. It has done. Then you've got the runners from midfield. Uh, you've got a strong base there as well. And you've got your fullback. So we can hurt them. We can hurt any team in, in Europe, David. And I think we've proven that. And we'll harp on, and I'll harp on to Dortmund again. But when you beat the tournament favourites, one of the best sides in Europe, some of the best players in Europe that play for them, we're entitled to sit here and go, we have players that can hurt teams. And I think that's exactly where we are. Um, CJ, for, for me, it's it's not a massively big question. I'll fire it back to you, David, as well. But I think we're perfectly tailor-based to, to go and play this game to our strengths on Thursday night. Absolutely, mate. That's the way you've got to go into this type of game. I think, sorry to bring back to bad memories, but if you go back to the last time we sat off a team and tried to go the defensive route, it really, really didn't work out. We were 3-0 doing at half-time, so I think lessons have been well and truly learned that we have to play to our strengths, no play to the strengths of the opposition. And this is obviously a jump-up quality. Red Star, Belgrade, you've heard about all the, the tough atmosphere and everything, like the hostile crowd, all that, but Again, we've shown in Europe we're capable of matching anyone. And as you've perfectly stated there, if they're going to come in there, if they're going to attack us, that's going to open up the space for the likes of Ryan Kent to run in behind. So I say we just play to your strengths. We don't worry about them, we worry about us because that's what we've done in every game. Even that home game in the second leg versus Dortmund where we could have sat back with the, the two goalie, we could have really bunkered in. But no, we just stayed at it and we went after them and we got a result. So... I wouldn't see changing it despite the free goal lead, in my opinion. What about you, David? You've got to be brave. Right. You have to be brave. And uh, there's a great phrase I like that uh, you've got to dance with the girl that you brought to the dance. And oh. that's that's very much the case here. You've got to go with what got you here. 
and it is being brave. It's being careful. It's not going gung ho. It's going to be a hell of an atmosphere. You don't want to go hell for leather early doors. Maybe concede, and you know we know that their crowd is similar to ours. They'll be wild. Right they'll off. be passionate. Be bang up for it. You don't want to give them something to hold on to early. But be professional, sure. But don't just sit in there and think, "Our oh, three up, the game's done." Don't give them any encouragement. Make it really difficult. Make them work for everything. That's the key thing. You know, you can get done by a team at this level with a bit of brilliance. We know that. And and they showed enough in that first game, 3-0 notwithstanding. They can play a bit. You know, they, they, they can definitely play a bit. I think defensively, they look pretty uh, susceptible to corners, to, to, to well-delivered free kicks and corners. So that's something to try and make the most of. But I think going forward, they were comfortable in possession. Their movement was terrific. So you've got to be aware of that. You've got to be prepared to put a shift in. But but absolutely go there with the intention of we can win this game. Never mind win this tie. It's great that we're 3-0 up, but we can win this match on the night. Uh, it wouldn't surprise me if it ended up 3-2 or something like that. Uh, yeah. Genuinely, that, that wouldn't be a shocker to me if it ended up at that level. Right then, folks, that will do us this week. Uh, we hope you enjoyed this special show. Be back again next month, undoubtedly. My thanks to two guys for joining us. And Stevie, where can they hear from you? Oh, no. See, before we get to this, can I just make a final point before we, we end this, David, please? Can people stop taking signs saying, can I have your jersey, etc.? And, and then go on to social media and moaning about it when players don't give them, players aren't allowed to give them your stuff. That's already been stated by the club a couple Aye, of weeks And ago. you tell Jimmy Bell when he's asking and, for your stuff. You have a lot. And also you're setting the kids up for failure, which isn't nice. Take them, enjoy the game. You know, if they get a wee wave off the fan, off, off the players when they're warming up, then that great. Stop mooching for stuff. This isn't a tourist league, and this is my grumpy bit, David. That's fine. No, I, 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 I look. When I was a wee boy, being taken in a away day, on any game, but particularly in a away day, that was enough. You that know, get the adventure. Yeah, yeah, a program and a hot dog, and I was in. You know, that was me for about three weeks. I didn't come down off the cloud. So no, I, I look. I agree. Um, and the other problem, of course, is that. You know, every kid thinks they deserve one. Yeah. <laughs> you know, quite right. Going to disappoint someone. Yeah. Somebody's going to be. You know, not everyone can get a shot. There's more than eleven kids at a game. So you know, maybe just a bit saying to them, no, you don't get shots by players. And then if ever you're really lucky enough to get one, you'll treasure it, and that's maybe the right way to go about it. Yeah, and the fact that there's starting to be a thing in England. I'm not no sure if any of you have seen it, but the threads of people who's getting the shots and then they're selling them online for like two and a half grand. That's always <laughs> a worry. Yeah, yeah, that's literally I mean, what's happening down that, south. That, that always yeah. a worry. And uh, I mean, it is definitely something that started in England that's caught on up here. Yeah. Um, but, and you get to that stage and people are going to be disappointed. But yeah, so I agree with you, Stevie. Anyway, Stevie and then CJ, give us your, your plugs, please. Yeah, um, I had to get that wee bit in at the end there, CJ. So, um, yeah, four lads, a dream. Come find us on Twitter, uh, weekly blogs, articles, match reports as well. Um, we do get access. As David told you, we travel together to match. So we do get um, fan access on match day, which is quite good. We get to view the press conferences and you'll get a wee match report, which thoroughly enjoy doing. So four lads, had a dream. Please just type that into Google or type it onto any of your social medias or find us, give us a follow and it'd be great to hear from you all. Um, not quite as YouTube big as my man CJ though. CJ, where can we find you? <laughs> well, that's very nice of you, mate. Um, I can Few people are as, as YouTube big as CJ. <laughs> he rules that yard. That's fair. <laughs> uh, you can find me at CJ0192 on YouTube if you want to see some match reports and awful one-liners. That's pretty much it.
Yeah. Yeah. And if you want to hear more from us, Heart and Hand uh, on Patreon, go to patreon.com forward slash Heart and Hand. Right, folks, thoroughly enjoyed the show. Thoroughly enjoyed Always talking to the two lads. Hope you did as well. We'll be back next month. We'll all have our usual content this week, especially after Thursday night. So come on, Rangers, let's get to those quarters and then back on league business at Dundee next Sunday. Thanks for listening, folks. Take care. Bye bye. Podcast Network. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, avoid, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus.